live it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,159. Today we're going to be at a very cool auction with some very cool memorabilia and toys. So keep your bitter card up and be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Winona, Minnesota, with a very special guest by the name of Les Duellman. Les, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I've got my manual transmission ready to go, Mark. (laughs) All right. We'll have some fun. Now, we're going to be talking about an incredible legacy that your folks have left that you're have or you have been a part of and it's about to go to auction and it's almost overwhelming of what was going to happen here however before i give you a proper introduction and we dive into what's happening what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you les well uh when i delivered my dad's eulogy i did it wearing a nomex racing suit (laughs) believe it or not he was smiling down from heaven no doubt yeah, he he was not a suit and tie guy. So I and I, I was used to wearing suit and tie. It had been in jobs where I did wear them. And I said, well, I know you're not a suit and tie guy, Dad. So just give me a second. And I walked off the uh, off into the sacristy. I took my suit jacket off and I slipped on my 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 racing suit, blue, white, flames, and black and white. And I walked back out and I says, well, Dad, it's technically a suit, but I think it's one you would approve of. Yeah. You know, what a nice way to uh, break the ice a little bit in such a solemn situation. And no doubt, I don't know your dad. I didn't know your dad, but no doubt that'd bring a big smile to his face. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty moving. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do this except for my son. Uh-huh. I hadn't even told my wife. I wasn't sure how it was going to go over. But I got some chuckles and then a round of applause during a you know, during a eulogy in church. I yeah. I didn't expect it. It was a, it was a nice reception. I and it was something that uh, I think I think did did go over well. Warmed some people's hearts on a uh, a day that can be very solemn. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into what's happening here. Les Dwellman is the oldest son of Elmer and Bernadette Dwellman, who founded Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum back in 1993. He spent much of his childhood working in the family salvage business and attending to their service station. He started racing on dirt tracks at the age of 13, becoming a track champion at the age of 15. Uh, there's the race suit, and went on to race for 45 years. Les earned a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering degree from Rose Human Institute of Technology and a Master's of Business Administration from the University of Michigan. And he worked at Ford Motor Company as an engineer and later moved back to the family business, buying it along with his brother, where they worked for 30 years. Most recently, he started an online racing performance supply business called RaceLeader.com. There are going to be nearly 800 pedal cars, 200 bicycles, 2,000 non-reserve lots for Mecham auctions at Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum collection cars and more. This is going to be sold September 14th through the 17th in Fountain City, Wisconsin. This is going to be an incredible fun event. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Les and this event and his family legacy. But first, a word from our sponsors. So please give them a little love. They keep the gas in the tanks here and we'll be right back. 
Sounds the most good. damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance, what a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Jim Canova is a past guest here on Cars Yeah, and he's detailed over 8,000 vehicles. And that kind of professional experience leads to innovation. He was tired of uncomfortable stools and creepers and being down on his knees when detailing cars. So as a result, Jim thought, you know what, there must be a better way. And he invented the Bumby Seat. His unique design gets you off your knees and your bum onto a far more comfortable seating position for all your low-level automotive detailing. The Bumby seat with its patented full-flat design allows you to adjust your position to the task at hand. Convenient side trays hold your car care products, tools, cloths, or a tasty beverage. Built for the toughest driveways and garage tasks, the Bumby seat has wheels that roll easily over almost any surface and it makes a great around-the-home adjustable stool for hobbies, yard work, or take it to the car show. The full-flat design makes storage a breeze. Jim has launched an Indiegogo fundraiser, and you can get in on the start of what's sure to be an industry favorite. Go to Indiegogo.com and type in Bumby Seat, that's B-U-M-B-E-E, Seat, to be one of the first in line to start improving your automotive detailing experience Today, that's Bumby Seat on the Indiegogo.com website. A fun folding mobile seat design. So, Les, we are back. So, let's talk about this incredible collection that your parents 
have created. I don't even know where to start, but I'll let you kind of start and walk us through why did your parents do this? Having a salvage business, uh, you know, I, you may know of a guy named Harold LeMay that I got to know years ago. He has since passed, his wife Nancy, and he had an insane collection of world record collection of cars, but he also had all sorts of things. He had a salvage business too. Maybe there's a tie-in a little bit here, but how did this all start with your folks and, and why auto and toys? Well, my my dad, he Elmer was was pretty driven guy. Um, when he was young, his 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 mother died at age seven, mm. and so they were kind of you know he had a, so a little bit of a hardship there. Um, by nine or ten years old, he he was working. He he was trying to earn his little bit of keep, and he uh, he got a um, newspaper route, of course. But then he started fixing bicycles, and then later scooters. So he was kind of the neighborhood fix it guy, and then that just kind of transferred onto cars. By the time he was 18 years old, he'd already turned over 42 cars. Oh my gosh! So he was, wow. yeah, he was a car jockey already at that point in time. He wasn't afraid to to jump into things. When when he hit, met my mom, he had started the salvage yard part time, and within two years, he he went into it full time as a as his main primary business. It worked really hard. I mean, the, the guy didn't really need a whole lot of sleep. He was a four hour a night guy pretty much all his life. So he wow. he was very driven and uh he it was just something that he, he spun off into he he you know he didn't have twice young but he he really enjoyed cars and he, he liked a lot of different cars so all of a sudden he started collecting them and you know he filled up one one shed then another and then a third and at that point it's about 100 cars oh my god and gosh. Uh, so he wow. he's he's mo- moving right along there and then he decides he doesn't want to build any more sheds so so what do we do? We we have to go we have to go smaller. You know, it's kind of like that rocks in a you know in a jar uh, analogy where they put big rocks in and small rocks and pebbles and yes. sand and then water and keep filling it up. Well, he just kept making the his buildings denser and denser by adding first pedal cars and motorcycles because you can put them on the walls. You can put them between the cars or whatever, and then you add small toys and it just it and it's just something that he pursued fanatically you know he he was just a really driven guy he enjoyed it and the museum came about because he he loved sharing that stuff with people he you know he he got a nice collection and people wanted to see it well, it's an amazing collection, and I know you, you guys have made a great choice with Meekum. I've had re- just recently their CEO on the show. I've had other people from Meekum, even one of the family members in the show. And Me- Meekum is one of these auction houses that has just become known as the sellers of all sorts of things. And this upcoming auction that's happening actually next week in Fountain City, Wisconsin, I, I guess I have to ask the one question – how do you move all, is all this stuff going to be moved somewhere or the auction taking place at the museum? It's right on site. The, the Meekum Circus is coming to town. All right. We, yeah. We've got, we've got tents coming up and yes, and you're right. They, they are, they are the best in the world. One of the things that this was something that the wheels were rolling already before my dad passed while he was ill. And one of the things he liked, and he, he was a, he was a hometown guy. He believed in, in small business. He believed in local businesses. And one of the things he really liked was Meekum was a Wisconsin based business. They started, they are still based in Wisconsin and, but, but they're the best, you know, at what they do. And with a collection of this sort, they jumped at the chance, they'll work with us. Yeah, and everything will be on site here, so it's um it's going to be an interesting event. Well, when I mentioned you in the intro, eight hundred pedal cars, two hundred bicycles, two thousand non-reserve lots. There's going to be something for everybody. It seems like at this auction. 
Yeah, if you like wheels, I mean, most everything in, in this auction is going to be is, is wheels driven. I mean, my, my dad was a car nut, he, without a doubt. Anything with wheels was kind of the way we described what he has in his collection. Because you're right, we've got motorcycles along with some scooters and mini bikes, and then you've got the pedal cars, but that includes pedal trains, pedal airplanes, pedal tractors, about 120 full-size cars. And then we've got um, just some interest that, you know, there's, well, there's really cool road art. We've got a lot of signs that uh, dad had had up on the walls of the building. So it's, it's, it's everything, you know, fits really well and it fits really well with, uh, with Meekum's expertise. It's going to be incredible. No doubt this is probably a bit bittersweet for you because and your brother and your family to sell these things off. But you and I had a nice little chat before we started the show. All these things that we as automotive enthusiasts acquire over time, we're really just the caretakers of these things because they will continue on long since us being passed. And you mentioned to me, this is really what your dad wanted to have happen with his collection, right? Yeah. All, like you said, all of these things will definitely outlast us with a little care and, and a little TLC. You know, he was a collector. He he liked this stuff. He He wasn't a dealer. It wasn't meant to be something to make a profit off of. He enjoyed this stuff. He bought what he liked and he he wanted to share it with people. And, you know, ultimately he knew that it, it was his passion, not ours. We have our own families, our own hobbies, our own businesses. And he knew that at some point the, the museum was going to be a, a bit much for us to try to continue to run. I mean, there are six of us. We've got four four boys and two girls in our family. But at the same time, then he says, you know, he says, I recognize it. He says, and I don't expect you guys to continue to run my, you know, do my stuff or do yeah, my thing do for your, your thing. whole lives. Yeah. So he, yeah, so he, you know, he's pretty pragmatic about that. And and very honest with us. And he says, when, when the time comes and he says, I, I don't know if it'll, you know, he says, I know you'll run this for us, for me and for mom for, you know, in our honor for, you know, s- several years. And, but he said, when the time comes, he says, I want an auction. He says, I want to put this stuff back out, give other people a chance to enjoy it. Like I have. Yeah. Now going back to your career a bit, I mean, you, you earned a mechanical engineering degree an MBA and worked for years at Ford Motor Company. You also raced for a long time. Tell me a little bit about your racing fanaticism. <laughs> yeah, my racing was definitely born from my dad. I mean, my, my dad was probably a big influencer. I'm, I'm a gearhead without a doubt. I mean, I originally, we had, my dad and two uncles had a racetrack. I watched my dad race. I, I got to go to NASCAR races. One of his best friends was Marvin Panch. Wow. The old Wood Brothers and yeah. 61 Daytona 500 winner. So, and dad talked to Marvin every week, probably twice a week. And so we were around racing a lot. And I don't know why I thought I could do this, but around 12 years old, I was like, dad, I'd like to race. And, and, uh, and we checked into the insurance company and they had no, no, um, stipulations. And at 13, I got my mom's, well, I got my dad's signature and, and, and begrudgingly, I got my mom's signature and we were able to get going. And, you know, at that time, you know, there's a lot of teenage racers now, but at that time there wasn't any, there was two or three of us in the country that were 13, 14 years old. And it was kind of an odd thing. And I jumped in, you know, I guess naivety or whatever, but I actually figured it out pretty quickly and had a lot of fun in it. And it's been kind of something that's been a consistent, consistent thing all through my life. It's tremendous. Something that you share with your dad too. Now you worked for, you know, master big company, Ford Motor Company, but then you decided to connect with your brother and go back and get back into the family business. What 
drove that change in your career? <laughs> yeah, that's that's another that's another aspect of my life, and I think my dad's and my, our families, uh, even with my dad's dad, family was important. So I, I was at Ford. I loved my job. I had a lot of fun. I mean, I did some of the race program. I worked for the SVO. I did NASCAR stuff. I got to do some Roush road racing stuff. I got to do some really cool production car stuff. But at that point in time, I was at the MBA. I was looking at a little crossroads in switching my career toward the product planning side of things from from the engineering. And I was kind of excited to do that. But then one day my dad's like, you know, the salvage yard industry is changing. It needs to be computerized. Environmental things are, are becoming you know more prevalent up front. And he says, I have to change the way I do the business. And he says, I don't really want to do that. He says, would you be interested in it? And I had, that was the last thought I ever had in my mind was <laughs> yeah. to go back to the salvage yard. You know, it's yeah. like, ah, geez, I'm, I got, you know, I have my degrees. I'm having fun at Ford. I had an opportunity at Cummins at that same time. And my wife and I, we sat down and we, we actually did the proverbial list. We went down three columns, Ford, stay at Ford, go to Cummins, go back to home. And the thing that drove it is we were ready to have kids. And we were like, well, where would we like to raise kids? Do we want to raise kids in, you know, in the Detroit, Ann Arbor suburbs? Do we want to raise kids in Columbus, Indiana? Or do we want to raise kids back at Fountain City slash Winona where they would have two sets of grandparents? Oh, well, easy decision there. And that was what it came down to. And I said, well, if I really hate it or if it doesn't work out, I've got these pieces of paper hanging on the wall and I can go work for anybody. Right. Yeah. Kind of the way our attitude was. So yeah. we jumped in, jumped in with two feet and uh, just kept right on rolling, turned down a couple uh racing engineering jobs in the meantime, uh, just for the same reason for family. Cause you know, anybody in that industry is a, is a 90% divorce rate kind of deal. And I uh, was not yeah. willing to give up my family for, 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 career. for yeah. a race, you know, team engineering yeah. job. So now I, we made family a, a priority and we, we raised two great kids and I think it was a good decision. Like, wow. you know, you never go back and and look at decisions and regret them. You say, at the time, I made a decision with, with the best information I have, and yep. you roll on forward. I have no doubt you made the right choice. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so many people chase careers, and as you say, they end up losing families, and it's just not good. Uh, it's so much better uh, what you did and have grandparents there to help raise your kids and be a part of their lives. I wasn't, my grandparents were never a part of my life. They lived halfway across the country. I barely knew them. Uh, once in a while we get a phone call, but I remember my mom would put an egg timer out because long distance calls are so expensive. So we could talk for three minutes and that was it. And, you know, I missed out on a lot there, I think, of getting to know those people in that generation. I like to ask about what I call driving inspirations. I'm kind of guessing your dad has been the key mentor, influential person in your life? Am I right with that one? If you're going to pick the one, the, the single most influential person, yeah, definitely would be him. He was a strong family man. He was a hard worker, loved cars. I mean, we grew up going to car shows, going to swap meets, going to races. I've probably eaten enough hot dogs at racetracks and car shows to kill, to kill a battalion of soldiers, but um, I managed to stay fairly healthy at this point. But so, no, I think, you know, he would be definitely my, my primary um, influence. I mean, I've had other mentors at, at different careers or within racing and stuff. But yes, I would say he was definitely the number one influence. Sounds like it. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about maybe a challenge here or there. Keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because... 
Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market Driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. So Les, uh, we're back. I like to ask my guests about big challenges, obstacles, and it's really more about what the learning lesson was. I'm going to switch it up a little bit here, though, because we're talking about a very special event with this auction with Meekum, uh, Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum, Classic Cars. Uh, I would like to know from you, when you look at what's coming up here with this auction, what's been the biggest challenge for you and maybe your family, your brother, to overcome with what's about to happen here? Because this is a major, big life transition, if you will, at least from my perspective, given how much ingrained your dad's passion for collecting was in your life and how you were part of it and the whole family's been part of it. What would you say is the biggest challenge with this change that's coming up? I I think the the biggest challenge that we face, us kids, is is... I mean, granted, yes, there's going to be a very emotional, wrenching um, sight when I see the first one of 
quote unquote, our cars going out the driveway in somebody else's trailer. That's going to be a horrible feeling. Okay. I don't know if I'm yeah. going to build a watch, but, yeah. but we've had, our, our dad was such an expert on this stuff. He was a student of his collecting. You know, I, you know, I guess we've, we had to sit down and learn some of this stuff. We knew a lot about the cars, but I didn't know that much about the motorcycles or the scooters or the pedal cars. And we each kind of had to grab a hold of a chunk of, of, of the collection. I mean, this, this spring, like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to a great big pedal car show. So it's, it's learn really fast. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I had enough Googling. I, I knew my dad well enough. And I, I grabbed some of the books that he had read or he was part of writing. And I grabbed those and I, I had to learn about pedal cars very quickly. And I made, you know, made some friends. I met some of dad's friends in the industry. And then I kind of had to do the same thing on the motorcycles. I really not a motorcycle guy because my, my summers were all filled with race cars. Yeah, sure. So just learn it to to learn about some of the stuff that he had, you know, that he he was an expert in, and trying to know what we're doing with that stuff and help help guide me come and and try to do a little quality control on our listings and everything. And you know, it just it that was pretty pretty difficult, but it was just I guess like you'd do anything, we just die right in head first and go for it and do as best as we can. Well, you know, if if one thing I can offer you here, and I'm sure you've thought about this, is but as this collection goes on to their next caretakers, is to think of it this way. You guys have done, well, your dad did everything he wanted to do with the collection before he passed. You guys apparently have done everything you want to do with the collection. So it's time to share that with somebody else who give it love, give it care, and get the enjoyment that is now allowed them by making these vehicles and objects available to somebody new and maybe somebody younger that's going to start their own. And this one thing that they buy from your dad's collection is the beginning of their collection and joy. And if it wasn't for what your dad did by saving these things, those things couldn't happen. So it's a bit of paying it forward is the way I look at it. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and say, like you say, say somebody in their thirties or forties buys a couple of these pedal cars or, you know, and they might be of a certain theme or something, but they may inspire their children, Yes, you know, or their, or ultimately their children's children. And we can keep, keep uh, perpetuating this, this car nut experience that we're, we're ingrained <laughs> yeah. in and living in, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's a wonderful thing uh, that you're doing and no doubt, uh, just uh, think of it this way. Instead, there's going to be so many smiles on people's faces and excitement of people that are going, wow, I get to care for this now. The number of smiles you guys are going to create next week are going to be incredible. I have no doubt. And there'll probably be some smiles out there, but I know there's going to be some tears on, in, in, within our family. For well, sure. I understand. I understand. But uh, just trying to give you a little, a little paradigm shift there. Pre I appreciate that. Yes. The pedal car mention is a nice segue to my next question. I asked my guest about their special vehicle story. Many of my listeners know that my first vehicle was a pedal car. It was a yellow Cadillac that my uncle gave me when I was about two, I think. I could probably barely reach the pedals. Uh, I have a picture of me. In fact, I'll send it to you of me uh, back when I had hair blowing in the wind <laughs> in my Cadillac. <laughs> so that was my first car. I understand uh, you had a special pedal car when you were little. Oh yeah, when I when I was little, I don't know, you know, probably was five years old, roughly. I I got a uh, a Murray, I think it was a Murray Fireball Eight, a uh, little miniature sprint car. Hmm. So we were my my brothers uh, Brad and Rick and I. We would go drive that thing. We kind of 
Uh, we didn't tell about our parents about it until we we're probably oh, close to 40 years old. But we we raided we we raided Dad's uh, closet. We grabbed one of his belts, okay. and that was our lap belt. Then we went down <laughs> into the bottom of our, our our barn, which there was still some baling twine down there that had existed from the farmer that had owned the property before us. And we made shoulder harnesses out of that, and then oh we gosh. put our snowmobile helmets on. And two of us would push each other at this nice downgrade, very steep hill. And we go over the crest and we turn left as hard as we can. And we had rollover derbies. <laughs> rollover derbies. You mean crash derbies. <laughs> yeah, we, we just, we turned left and we rolled over as hard as we could. No yeah. broken bones, no concussions. I don't know. Maybe there's some lasting effects that we, <laughs> that other people notice that we don't, but yeah. we had a blast. And uh, wow. so we, uh, we had a, I had definitely a memorable pedal car when I was young and Somewhere along the lines, my dad sold it. I thought I had it stashed safely in the basement of the barn someplace. and He found it. Uh, you're, uh, yeah, apparently he found it. It wasn't nice enough to keep in his collection, so it got sold. And I actually, believe it or not, I just recently found one like it out in Baltimore, and I just purchased it. Oh, nice. I want that thing. Yeah, because we don't have one of those in our collection here, so I couldn't keep it out of my dad's collection. Even though there's almost 800 pieces, we yeah. don't have that one. But wow. there's going to be one in my garage for, for my, my grandson or granddaughter here coming up soon so hopefully oh. sometime well sometime. that's that's so. awesome now those i remember those they had uh, they came in white or red i think and they had some flames on the front is that right am i thinking of the right yes thing? you you got it you're thinking exact right right there was a white one a red one and a yellow one a yellow oh, absolutely okay. okay well yep well i'm not sure i did any rollover derbies in my Cadillac. i think it would have crushed me that thing was kind of heavy <laughs> <laughs> kind of big but you were more daring uh, you know speaking of Cadillacs, i don't know if um if you saw in any of our press but uh my mom and dad actually don't Donated, there is a Cadillac at the Smithsonian oh. that gets rotated in and out with a Mustang pedal car that's part of the transportation exhibit at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington. Oh, wow. So it's very cool. We, we were there with my kids when they were a bit younger, probably still junior high-ish age. And we rolled up and their car was out there and you've got a 1954 Cadillac uh, donated by Elmer and Bernadette Dillman. So it was oh very cool gosh. to take a picture of, of my kids with, uh, with a donated car from my parents. It's very neat. That is very cool. Well, I love that. You mm -hmm. know, I, I really wanted to keep that. And we moved at one point and my parents got rid of a lot of stuff and I didn't know. And I was by then a, a probably junior high age or maybe I was sixth grade. And we got to where we were going. And I said, Mom, where's my pedal car? And she goes, well, I gave that to the kid up the street. We, you're too big for that. And I'm like, <laughs> you gave away my Cadillac? And I was so upset. She goes, well, yeah, what are you going to do with that? And I said, well, I wanted to save it for my kids someday. And she's like, you're eight years old. What your kids? I mean, that's a long way away. So, uh, but I did buy a pedal car years ago, and we just had a new grandson a year ago. So uh, that pedal car is now his. He's still a little too young at one. He can't quite. So, so is it a kid? Is it a Cadillac too? No, not? it's not. You know, it's a reproduction of. Um, I wouldn't even know what you'd call it. It's just kind of your basic, looks like a 40s-style car. It was a company that was making reproduction kits, so I had it powder-coated, painted, and, you know, did some touch-up sure. stuff on it. But, uh, well, yeah. You know, there's this great opportunity next week, and we actually <laughs> have four or five Cadillacs on sale. <laughs> okay. And, and Meekum does on online bidding. Maybe you should buy one of those. You know, I'm kind of <laughs> thinking that might be in the stars. So, nice sales pitch there, Les. You did a very, yeah, the guys at Meekum are smiling right now listening to this talk. 
Doc. Got to get a good plug in for us and Meekum both, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love you guys. So uh, I'm going to go and see. <laughs> uh, now, hopefully they won't sell for too much, but uh, who never know? I may end up with one back in my garage. So I'm going to be a bit of a car psychologist for you, Les. Uh, probably a question sure. no one's ever asked you before. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive you as a person, if you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? Oh, boy. That we're going, is, we're going that, deep you know, into I'm a, your I'm psyche a, I'm here. an engineer. Yeah, yeah, I'm an engineer. I'm not great with these touchy-feely questions, but <laughs> I guess I'm a small guy, so I would say let's look pony car. And pony car, I, okay. I don't, I, yeah, I don't mind uh, little technology, but um, I'm, I kind of like uh, hands-on. I'm not just in a drag racing. I like left and right a little bit, mostly left, cool. but uh, I don't know. And I guess it goes right along with one of my favorites. I, I guess I would say probably a, a what? Challenger TA, maybe. Ooh, okay. Six, nice. 346 pack, got some performance, not a big car, has a handling package, can go left and right. I would say probably something like that. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Nice answer. How about a great book that you've read? We love books here at Cars. Yeah, is there a book you've read you'd like to share? It doesn't have to be about cars. Oh, I'm a book reader. Um, and I would say it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a car book, but it's also a family book and it's a it's it's one that you'll 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 tear up and you'll laugh. It'd be the art of racing in the rain. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when you I'm, said I'm you'll tear do- up, I'm, I knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> I'm a dog guy. I'm a, my, I raised a veterinarian. My daughter's a veterinarian, but we're dogs. I grew up with dogs. We've had a couple of dogs in our family, and but but he's got great driving uh, tips for a young racer. Yeah. The, the the racing in the rain stuff. The driving in the rain stuff applies to good driving skills it really does i mean it's a great book you know but it it, he has really good tips in there and i've actually told a couple of the young racers that have my chassis he's like read that and and listen listen to what the dog's describing about how how the how the you know how his how his human drives a race car when it's raining because that's the way you drive a dirt car on on dry on dry dirt so yeah it's i love the book so many great racers started driving in the dirt and that's where they learned all their skills because you're really driving by the seat of your pants. So it's car control completely. Yeah, it is. It's you're you're at the edge, 100 percent of the time, all the time. Garstein uh, has been a guest here on the show a couple times actually, and love that book. Um, the movie was okay, but the book is far, 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 far better. So I, I've never seen the movie. I don't go watch movies after I read books because my imagination is better than what they can put on film. <laughs> I've yeah. I've watched a couple. The first one I was disappointed with, with was uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh yeah, it just the movie was good, but you just it just doesn't. It doesn't stand up to your imagination, and, and, and the details never filled in good enough. So I, I kind of just, a lot of times when I watch a, or read a book, I don't go to the movies. I enjoyed the book. The, uh, the, the book also is a great in audio form, too. Uh, I was listening to it once working in my yard and getting to a very teary part. My neighbor is out and goes, what's wrong, Mark? And I kind of looked up. <laughs> I'm not going to give away any secrets here, but you know what I probably said. So, uh, yeah, definitely get your hands on The Art of Racing in the Rain or listen to the audio book. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive today, Les. I'm going to park any, gra- any garage, <laughs> any garage in your garage, any car in your garage. <laughs> you can take it anywhere you want, and you can be with anybody, even somebody who's passed. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy like you? Oh, my goodness. What would we want to drive? Lots of options. I've been able to drive a lot of things in my life. But the one thing I really want to drive is and doesn't take passengers. So we can't really do a sprint car. But um, I I would say, I mean, I really, 
I really like the feel of 9-11, so let's go with a GT3, and I probably would either do with my dad or, or his buddy Marvin Panch, because they were, they were fun fun guys to talk to, fun guys to listen to, had great life stories, and um, I'd go right up Highway 88 here in Wisconsin, because it's a left, right, left, right, left, right, all the way. So <laughs> once a racer, fun, always a racer. fun road. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We we got it. Yeah. Yeah. The straight a straight I ninety uh, um, across Minnesota or North or South Dakota. Nah, let's not do that. We got to go someplace fun. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. My idea here would be since there's no back seat in a GT three, you could jump in the car with your dad, head north, and then once you get there, uh, your dad pop out, Marvin jump in, and head right back. So how's that sound? Sounds like an awesome, that would be an awesome day. That'd be a great afternoon. So. Nice choice. I'm a big Porsche fan. You've taken us on a wonderful journey here today, and I'm so excited about what's coming up here. Again, listeners, uh, go to Meekum.com. You will find Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum Classic Cars and more. It's going to be sold September 14th through the 17th uh, at their location there, Fountain City, but you can buy online. So if you can't get in your airplane and fly over there, don't worry about it because you can see everything there and been on it uh, i might just have to get my bidders card out and look for those kittleacks you have for sale uh yeah bring back a little bit of my youth in my garage for my little grandson gunner before i let you go today could you share maybe some final words of wisdom a success quote or a mantra that you could share with us i would say you know it's something that i and i wouldn't think my dad would say it because he never considered himself a good student but become a become a student of your pursuit. I mean, he, he read extensively. He wasn't a great student in high school, but the guy had a phenomenal memory, um, great reasoning skills. And I guess I kind of approach things the same way as when you're doing something, whether it's your main job or your, or your side gig, like my racing has been for my whole life, be a student of it, learn about it, talk to people about it. You'll get more enjoyment out of it and you'll get better at it. Yeah. You know, wonderful words of wisdom. And all the people I know that are collectors of things are students of those things. They're not just things that take up space. They've really learned about them and it makes it so much more enriching. And these days, I mean, I've had people track down things that they bought that are antiquities and so forth and found the original owners and reached out to them or learned mm -hmm. so much. So, uh, Yes, wonderful word. You know, that really insightful thoughts you've shared with us today. I think that's important. Listeners, again, uh, go to Meekum.com. This show's coming up next week. You can spend this weekend looking for some things that you might like to have. Uh, you can be a part of this amazing legacy that Les's father, Elmer, and, and, and his wife earned it, put together for all of us so that we can all now enjoy this and carry this forward. Les, thank you for spending some time with me today. This has been so much fun to get to know more about you, your family, and what you're going to share with the world here. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Meekum Auction, Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum, coming up next week in Fountain City, Wisconsin. Thanks a lot, Mark. I really enjoyed it. This was fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!